Digital Dissection, a nerd podcast, can at times contain adult language and themes. It is not intended for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to the Digital Dissection podcast, where we take a closer and possibly unnecessary look at our favorite properties, creators, and topics. We are your humble hosts, Joe and Mark, two pop culture nerds dedicated to telling entertainment history before it's forgotten too soon. Join us on Facebook, Twitter, and our blog for more information on the show. We also love to hear from you, so why not write us at digitaldissectionpodcast at gmail.com. And now that we've got that out of the way, let's get to dissecting. Why is it so hard to think of a starting point for this? I don't know. Like I we probably like I was like thought maybe we could just go off what we just did. <laughs> like just, <laughs> just use that because there's I got nothing. <laughs> oh man. Well, so, okay. Well, are we breaking up with season two? And that's why it's weird to start this whole thing. I guess. Well, the thing was like at the end of season one, we 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 ended it by talking to uh, illustrator Vince Sunico mm-hmm. and. And you and I were both kind of like riding high on that going, okay, yeah. we're going to talk to Vince mm-hmm. and then we're going to go right into our finale, uh, which, which I realized in hindsight, I had the wrong mic turned on that entire two episodes, <laughs> which is why I sound mm-hmm. like, like horse shit for those, for those two episodes. <laughs> you should look <sighs> like horse shit. Well, it's because no one saw it. No one saw it. We didn't. That's true. There was, yeah, you couldn't see it. Like we actually did everything in our underwear in season one and you had no idea. I was going to say, mm-hmm. we, we, we jokingly said that we are naked from the neck down. And yeah, and that... <laughs> yeah we were we were COVID meetings, but like we didn't even do the nice top thing. It was just just underwear <laughs> the whole time. Yes, the finest, though, it was like Egyptian cotton underwear, if I remember correctly. You know, thread <laughs> yeah, count was off the charts. At least a thousand thread count. Yeah, minimum. <laughs> or 4,200. 4, I, I don't even know what a high thread count is. I, I, I'm a teacher. I live in squalor over here. I got nothing. <laughs> All you I fart is- through that, un- dude, You fart through that underwear; it'll not escape. That's how many threads you. <laughs> we have five threads. Yeah. They are five really big threads, and they're the whole whole thing. <laughs> well, I know that's not the way the way I would usually start a conversation, but yeah. it's it's so it's so fun to think that we've been through mm-hmm. two years of this already, two seasons, and overall we've produced. I mean, well over. 140 produced things, right? Like, I mean, this is technically 93, but that's only the mainline episodes. We have done a lot between the side stitches and the brand new pop culture legends we did this season. So, yeah, I would say easily over 140 if anyone's counting. And one day there'll be a podcast that adjusts that number for inflation after we've we've come and gone and we have, <laughs> yeah. we, we've stopped doing it for everyone. Once we've passed on in our advanced age, which is <laughs> our mid thirties, but hey, I mean, given how this why. episode started, it could be any day now. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> There's a reason why Mark usually writes things down for us to get things going for episodes, and Very today true. we're like, yeah, we'll wing it. It'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. There's officially <laughs> no no outline for this episode, which is mm-hmm. right away where I think, like, man, we're in trouble. But you know, <laughs> believe it or not, mm-hmm. if you remember this, Joe, like in season one, we did keep our our uh, they're not script but they're outlines mm-hmm. like we outlined a majority of that season 
we did get away from it for like 10 episodes, I think in there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was like heavy conversation based, but yeah, you're right. Like we, we've always had an outline of some kind, except for that little gap. And mm-hmm. it does feel naked a little bit, not to, a little bit. Not yeah. To, not, to use it. <laughs> not to have that real naked, real yeah. naked. Yeah. Because I mean, this is definitely something we would not do when we had guests. If we were to, <laughs> to fly, uh, you know, free ball style and just, you know, <laughs> fancy free, yeah. um, it would probably be bad. And we would probably have only had like one guest <laughs> and the war would have quickly spread. Don't, don't, don't go on their show. They have no idea what they're doing. Yeah, they're, they're just buck naked the entire time, guys. <laughs> it just gets, it gets awkward because they stare at you. They stare at you the whole time. Whole time. Yeah. There's which... nothing but eye contact, which is really weird because it's intense. There's two yeah. of them. <laughs> Yeah, I don't break it, man. <laughs> Samuel L. Jackson the whole time. <laughs> yeah. Well, we might as well start where we began with season mm-hmm. two, which was, which was felt like, like without editing it, it was like two and a half hours of full on fangirling between between you and I, <laughs> with with Noah Watts, mm-hmm. who the the guy is is so damn cool. He's so much yeah. fun to engage with, and mm-hmm. I mean Joe. Was so okay. I had Josh Sawyer in season mm-hmm. one, where I could barely get words out. Yep. How how was Noah Watts for you? Because you you were on the line with him before I got there. Mm-hmm. Like like how yep. was that? It was. I, I, I've brought it up before um, with the comparison. I think where it was basically um, um, uh, Donald Glover, the Childish Gambino's character in Community, when he meets the Var Burton, and yeah. I was just trying to not say something stupid. I got I, I got further than he did because he didn't say anything to LeVar Burton the whole episode because he yeah. just wanted an autographed picture because you can't disappoint an autographed picture. And I had that <laughs> in the back of my mind for what felt like one whole hour before Mark showed up. And that was like, <laughs> it was like three and a half minutes. <laughs> Mark, I think Mark was having some issues with his computer getting going. And it was just us talking about, hey, you know, I'm the other guy in the podcast that you haven't been talking to, but big fan. <laughs> uh, and I'm sure it was very awkward. Oh, thank you. By the way, he like he he went over like asking like, is it okay using his video? I think he was staying in a hotel at the time. He was traveling for, uh, I think I think his band. I think he was traveling with his band at the time. So he was just running like, hey, it's it's just a. You know, it's a hotel. I am not in anything worth seeing right now. I'm like, you know, we don't do the video thing. We don't think we're going to do the video thing. And then we did the video yeah. thing. But no, it was just like I was I was like 100% like afraid that we were going to like Orson Welles it like right there. And that was going to be the peak and the pinnacle. And we would just like go downhill from there because <laughs> that's in my mind. Like we, we talked to Noah Watson. We made it. Um, <laughs> dude was like at the time, like the most prolific, like voice actor we had talked to, um, and just kind of like the biggest actor I think we had talked to yet, um, on the podcast. Oh, actually, no, no, I take that back. Not probably not like the biggest actor. I don't want to take that away from other people we've had on the show, but yeah, I, I think I know what you're saying mm-hmm. because as far as like connections go, I mean, the, the actors that we've talked to on the show mm-hmm. historically, I mean, yeah, we've loved their work. We've, we've. I mean, we're obviously fans of these folks. Otherwise, we wouldn't have them on. But when it came to Noah Watts, you and I had both spent quite a bit of time playing his character in a video game. Yes. And mm-hmm. me at first was like the the mandatory like 12 hours to get through it and then move on with my life. But then I went back and replayed <laughs> it two more times. Mm-hmm. 
and and you obviously spent much more time playing yeah. than I did. Mm-hmm. So like it, it was a I don't know it I don't know if it just felt more personal in a way to connect with him because I, talking with him helped me see these other things that I had, I just had never known about him. Mm-hmm. And, and so yeah, you mentioned his music and and seeing just how passionate he is about what he does. That really kind of transformed that whole conversation for me. You know. Yeah. It, yeah. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. And then on top of that, like the whole fact that, you know, he has his own Twitch stream. So he has his own, um, his own gaming network that he's doing. So that's just like, you know, another thing that was there for us to bond with him over is just playing video games. Not only has he been in one of like, at least my favorites of all time, it will remain that way for a long, forever. Um, but yeah. the fact that like, we can just bond over the fact that, yeah, yeah, we've played the same games as each other. We've had similar frustrations and those same victories that have felt really good. So that was <laughs> just an incredible way to start season one off season two, season one, there was, there was a hectic, like we're going to record <laughs> five episodes in one night, um, gone in 60 seconds style, like a one night boost and then put it all out there for you to consume. This was, this was, um, this was different for season two. Yeah. Yeah, season two mm-hmm. felt a little bit measured because we didn't have that that necessity of having to put out five episodes, mm-hmm. like you mentioned. And yeah. I remember that that was that was actually pretty taxing for us since we had never done it before. And and now we come into this season mm-hmm. where it's like we had actually recorded the retro review first, and then we interviewed Noah. So like we kind of yes. mm-hmm. we we had the ability to kind of go, okay, we got a couple banked here now to start mm-hmm. the season at least. But it, it it was such a different feeling because for those that actually listened to us for season one, which we appreciate you doing that if you if you <laughs> tuned in for that, it, it wasn't mm-hmm. a bad season by any means. At least my mom says it wasn't. But it, it was. Is your mom it was, yeah, she did. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Well, but it was it, it it was unique because in season one we did a lot of outreach to guests to come on, and we had this problem where everybody kind of got back to us at the same time. Mm-hmm. So then we ended up having like, okay, we need to make sure we, we create time for people, give enough time to feature them. Right. And it felt, we kind of, it's like, holy shit, we've got like eight people, 10 people yeah. to talk to. And we've mm-hmm. only got like four months of runway left. Like it would feel ingenuine just to throw stuff out there, you know, but, mm-hmm. but this time around, we actually were able to organize it and, and feature people appropriately. And so, yeah, it was just really fun too to, relive Assassin's Creed three. Oh, yeah. Now that I have mm-hmm. like good nostalgia for it, as opposed to what I had <laughs> the first, when you, when you first left it. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. But no, and like, yeah. I have like I mean, stuff that you like, you, you didn't even get to hear. Well, I mean, I, before we get to that, like him talking about his music career. And if you haven't like actually taken the time to listen to his music, please get out there, listen to his stuff, what he's done with Nichols and bones, uh, yeah, Nichols and bones. And I just didn't like, I don't know, like, just enjoy it. Like, again, it has that very, like, 70s, like, 60s rock blues feel to it that's just easy, just kind of, like, you know, just melt into, where you can just yeah. kind of, like, I'm sorry, like, turn the lights off in your room, close your eyes, and you can just, like, be with the music. And that's kind of, like, that's what, I, that's what I've done with this album. Um, it's just that enjoyable to listen to, where I can actually, like get rid of everything else in my environment and just enjoy his music while it's on. Yeah, I, I was describing this to a friend where I said, Hey, listen to his music. And they go, okay, well, how do you describe it? And I said, okay, imagine if like you dove into a vat of like tie dye, 
but then suddenly there's like a chainsaw there, but you're fine with it, mm -hmm. you know? And, and then <laughs> that psychedelic feel is, is like yeah. consistent throughout it. Mm -hmm. But then you get these edges of other sounds that kind of come in and, and take over, but they're not the whole track. It's like they rise and fall. And so I, I really appreciated that. And I listened mm -hmm. to the album too. Like I, well, not just his album, but his, his YouTube channel, all that yeah. stuff. Mm -hmm. Like it's, you can really get lost in his music and I love oh, it. Yeah. And if, <laughs> it, again, if you haven't like follow at Noah Watts, um, uh, on Instagram, um, on his YouTube channel and he's, he's been coming up with new music. He's got, he's working on stuff right now. We actually were hoping to get him back for the end of the season. Um, I think we'll, we're going to try and get him again for season three, uh, to talk about other things other than just his career, but just getting his, his opinion on different movies and properties. But yeah, he is in like, you know, the neck deep of creation right now with his, oh, with yeah. his music. And if you, you know that that's, if you listen to that episode, you know, that's, that is his passion right now. That is where he wants to be. So, yeah. uh, very excited to see what comes from there and wish that we could have had him in like some sort of live show where everyone who listened to the episode could have stuck around because I think we stayed and talked like another hour after we were done recording <laughs> with him. Um, I just like a bit of everything. Um, and that's like a bit of, you know, just his life in Montana, um, his life creating music, his life acting, just everything. And I'm excited to hopefully one day maybe drive to Montana and have a beer with Noah Watts because that, Hell yeah, that's man. like the next like life goal. Yeah, friend of the podcast. Mm -hmm. We we absolutely love Noah Watts. And as we kind of reflect on this past season, we're not going to go through like all 44 episodes. Mm -hmm. There's not enough no, time for that. But one of the things that kind of took over pretty much every conversation with my family this season was getting the chance to sit down with Danny Woodburn. Yeah. And mm -hmm. the, to this day, my dad still asks me about how, how Danny Woodburn's doing. I'm like, Dad, I'm sure he's fine. I, I'm mm -hmm. sure he's great. Just, <laughs> just his social media. He's dancing. He's <laughs> laughing. He's... He's doing all kinds of fun stuff, mm -hmm. but obviously you probably know where I'm heading with this. And it was the fact that he had every one of us rolling oh, with the story about Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> and the guy that feeds him candy on demand. Don't <laughs> candy. <laughs> I still can't oh. believe that. <laughs> one of the funniest damn things I've ever heard. Oh, Cause just imagine God. you're on, you're on that set for the first, cause like Danny mentioned, he'd been in features mm -hmm. and everything. He'd been in several big films. And like, this was one of those big films where like, you're just sitting there, you're wanting to make sure you nail your part. Mm -hmm. And then suddenly Arnold just yells, don't Gandhi. Gandhi. <laughs> <laughs> guy scurries oh. in, feeds him, and runs off. It's like I, mean, I just imagine this guy like popping, like unwrapping it as he's running, and then just yeah. popping it right into Arnold's mouth as he got yeah. to him, and then takes yeah. off running. And then I'm trying yeah. to like this guy. How how is Arnold going like delivering lines with hard candy in his mouth? <laughs> I, I have, there's no way he's enjoying it and savoring it. He's like chewing no. through that, you know, just, just like a kid quick, with a cough drop. You know, yeah, just there. <laughs> Which I mean, if that's if that's how you enjoy your candy, I mean, who am I to deny like a six-time Mister Universe champion uh, how yeah. he enjoys his his hard candy? But steroids oh or God. no? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But the other thing too, though, th this was a really good chance for us to obviously sit down with like a legend of mm -hmm. TV and film at this point. But it was also a really fun opportunity for us to kind of gather what became known as the dissectors, which is like our mm -hmm. little crew of, you know, of, of you, you and myself, my brother, mm -hmm. and then our friend, good friend, Doug Eberly, that has helped us out with a couple of topics now. Yes. Yeah, so a new and, dad, yeah. Doug Eberly, by the way, he's, he's definitely in, 
in, in that parenthood stream that I've been in for the last you know five <laughs> years. So <laughs> good luck, mm-hmm. Mr. Everly. We thank you. <laughs> yeah. But, but seriously though, like mm-hmm. that, that, that became kind of fun. It, it's almost like an event now, whenever we have someone on this show, uh, we all get together, we all mm-hmm. plan, we all throw some questions out oh, there. Yeah. Fun stuff happens. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, I, I almost expect it now. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. It's, it's kind of like we have had this opportunity of being able to make friends as we went along on this podcast. So that is with our guests that have come on the show or people who have been giving us advice on how to just produce the show. And yeah. speaking of our good friend, Doug, you wouldn't be seeing our faces if it wasn't for Doug. He's the one who told us to do this. And so, I mean, he wasn't like, put your fucking faces on there, guys. You have no idea what you're doing. It wasn't like, like it, was, it wasn't a threat. It was definitely a suggestion. Like, hey, um, this is the way to go for podcasts. Like, you, sh- you need to get your faces out there. The content's great. You guys are fun. It needs, you need to do this to level up. So, like, being able to take, you know, that experience of of meeting someone who helped our podcast out, and then we got the opportunity to meet someone from a property that we were in love with as, as children and, and growing up, and we were able to invite Doug into this so he could meet someone from the property yeah. that he has, you know, made part of his internet livelihood off of. I mean, I, I doubt, you know, soup posting with bread is paying the bills these days, but... He is, um, he is, he's well known in the internet, in his internet community. So I think it was just great that he's done something to help us out. And we were able to repay that in, in some way, shape or form. And that we've been able to do that with a few others on this podcast. Yeah. I mean, he, getting to meet Doug Everly in season Mm -hmm. one and then, and then getting to invite him back. I mean, that, that's, that's almost just as fun as meeting with any friends for, you know, dinner or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. and, and the same thing goes for like the, the after party, because yeah, he, he actually messaged me one night. We were, we were just kind of chatting back and forth. And he said to me, it's just as I almost, I'm almost waiting until the mic is turned off because that to me is the stuff that I don't get to do as much anymore. Mm-hmm. Like I don't get to do this with my friends as much. And so he looks forward to when we stop recording and I went, you know, if this was the me of like 15 years ago, I might take that personally, but now I'm like, no, 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 <laughs> no it's the, I, I know what you it's mean. Fine. I know what you, yeah, I know what you mean. That's, that, that's, yeah, that's great. Mm-hmm. You know? So j- just like I said in season one, turn the lights down low. It's an Eberly night and I can't wait until we get to talk with him again. Yeah. I, I'm excited for, for Doug's, I think fourth episode. I think so. I yeah. Four, I yeah. Think, We've had one three times so far. far. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. And, and every one of those episodes with him, guaranteed the camera was running for probably two hours mm-hmm. and the camera wasn't running for probably two hours. <laughs> <laughs> so, mm-hmm. so, I mean, it's an event, man. It really is. Yeah. But mm-hmm. speaking of events, as we love our, our, you know, our sides or our, our tangents and topic shifts <laughs> this year, we did do something a little bit different that we hope you've noticed unless mm-hmm. you rotate one out of every four episodes is what you're here for. And that's fine. That's okay. It's your thing. We're not, we're not judging. Listen to us. The retro, the, yeah, the retro reviews, man. That was fun mm-hmm. as shit to do yeah. this year. Mm-hmm. So this was, uh, I would say, of our two newer content things that we did, this was the one that, like, I mean, it, it fit nicely. I, I don't fit nicely. But it felt more snug into a, into the package as to one that we'll get talked to you in a bit. But no, they were a lot of fun. And I, we again, we, we started, like we mentioned, with Assassin's Creed 3. And that one, I think you could tell, 
was definitely the first one of those we'd ever done because <laughs> when you listen to them further, like you get to like even like number two, like you know what? Maybe we don't discuss the whole plot of the game anymore. That does take up a good chunk of the time. So we we, we definitely got better at reviewing as we went along. There's a lot of content in that first retro review, which mm-hmm. is fine. Which yeah. is fine. And once again, these are games that we've, we're passionate about, but then mm-hmm. we, maybe subconsciously we're like, okay, maybe we don't put out two hours on every game, but that's fine. Like that's where we mm-hmm. began it. And then as we went, I just, I had so much fun yeah. going back and looking at details mm-hmm. that I maybe overlooked or revisiting a game I hadn't played in 10 10 years or 15 mm-hmm. years, whatever. And I really started enjoying stuff that I, maybe I even lost a little bit of, and which is like the whole point of this show is like help people rediscover mm-hmm. things that we live through. And th- that retro review is like a, str- a straight up, like you're connecting to the vein and you're, oh, you're yeah. right back to it, man. Well, I mean, that's, that's even the thing. It's, I think it's, hopefully fun for the audience and we thank you again for listening every time that you do uh and we hope that maybe you have picked up some of the games that we talked about but i mean that's part of what even we do is we pick up the games um and replay them a little bit before we talk about them and record for them uh so that was fun just like you know picking up donkey kong country <laughs> have not got have not played that in decades and then when yeah. back for the view it's like hell yeah, Donkey Kong Country, let's do this. That was definitely something that was was landmark for the Super Nintendo. We had gone from, like, you know, a lot of 2D, like, very, like, you could tell, like, this was, like, a step up from the Nintendo, but the Donkey Kong Country, Donkey Kong Country was, like, two steps up from the Nintendo with yeah. what it looked like and what it was able to do with uh, with its 3D-like graphics. So that was just fun, you know, getting that freaking one, just listening to the theme again as you start playing through. The oh, my music God, yes. was, oh, perfection in that game. So being able to listen to that soundtrack again as you just went through on your rhino rampaging through things, jumping on your frog, which having to relearn the jumping and hopping of the frog. Yeah, yeah. Don't know if I was ever good at that, but I definitely am not good at it now. <laughs> it, it <laughs> did tell you that. Totally. Totally different from any of the other animals you play, you ride in that game. And it's the one you have the least control over. And it's also in the shittiest levels to have to use it. Yes, it that's, is. Mm-hmm. That's the combination of that. And <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and the mine carts, again, just that was the mine carts. Like, this is like, that's like, mm, I don't, I, I don't hate them. And as frustrating they are, I think that's kind of like the best part of it is that they were like the perfect like challenge like for the super nintendo because they were the great amount they were the this this perfect like amount of like frustrating with able to actually like accomplish the goal it was not difficult for the sake of being difficult it was just difficult and you could pull it off it wasn't like annoying like the lion king on the sega genesis <laughs> oh, um, oh no no it wasn't not, also I'm like not... making the mistake of like you know going pvp at like 3 in the morning in North America, when it's just all of Asia playing, and like, oh God, no, I'm not, no, mm-mm, not winning, <laughs> not, mm-mm, yep, shouldn't be here. <laughs> yeah, Donkey Kong Country definitely feel like like Shigeru Miyamoto is like just like holding your shoulders behind you, and he's like, you, you've got this. We made this part difficult on purpose. It's, you, you're but gonna you get, you're gonna get through. Yeah, it's gonna be fine. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, Papa Miyamoto's got you. Okay, <laughs> and. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, I, 
that was a fun one to revisit. And what was actually another fun thing to revisit for me several times on this show has been Star Trek in, yeah. in multiple different ways, whether it's the movies, the TV mm -hmm. show, uh, got a chance to do a little bit of that. And this year though, we had the opportunity to actually connect with someone directly from the next generation, yeah. mm -hmm. you know, and, next and, Lisa generation and as they, and don't forget lower decks, she and was lower, in, yes. I think two episodes of lower decks. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. She's yeah. She's a captain now, you know, which, uh, for those of you that are Star Wars or Star, geez, I did it again. <laughs> Star Trek nerds, you'll notice I screwed up her, uh, her her actual rank in the intro. I called her Commander. She's no, Captain. She's, mm -hmm. C Commander and Captain are very different things in that yes, show. They even are. though, mm -hmm. even though people call Captains Commanders on that show, but that's mm -hmm. not their official rank. And no. so, yeah, I screwed that up, yeah. but. I Either mean, way, I there were things you could me. have done. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. man. Which yeah, but, I, I have to say, like, that, that was, again, just an example of what was, I think, an incredibly comfortable and fun interview. And I, I know we've talked about this personally um, a few times, because at this point in time, I still don't think we didn't have video yet mm -hmm. with hers. So what you couldn't see while we were doing this, because we kept our video on the whole time. And that way she's able to see us and we're able to see her. We do that a lot with guests because it just tends to be more comfortable when you've got a face to, you know, to put to a voice. It's not just, you know, a picture that's static and hanging out there. Yeah. And what you don't see is that about halfway through that interview, she actually asks for a second and she goes from sitting down to actually kind of like laying down and getting more comfortable. And just like it goes from, I think, Maybe in her mind, it went from like, "Hey, this is this is gonna be like a, like a standard rigmarole interview. It's it's gonna be what I've done, who knows how many times by now." And then it was like, "You know what? Let's shoot the shit with these guys. They seem to be having fun. <laughs> I'm having a good time, and we got to see her relax a little bit. And I think that was something that was just fun to experience and being able to be with someone who had that like." shifted mindset and opened up a little bit more and had more fun as things went around. Um, and I think that's partly in partly because one, uh, not our looks. We did not make her any more comfortable by having her faces here necessarily. <laughs> uh, but because like we would have like, Hey, here's, we shared the outline with her. So she knew it was coming up, but like there were several times we were able to expand on things and just like kind of like, I think the best way to put it, we went off the beaten trail, but we still stayed on what was clearly like a footpath because like being yeah. able to talk more about like just motorcycling in general, I think was fun with her. Um, I think Alicia Neff yeah. is the, the guest you, you spent the most time talking mm -hmm. to about motorcycles on this program. Like yep, I, bar none. I, <laughs> which, which before mm -hmm. that episode, if you'd asked me that question, like, who do you think would have talked to the most <laughs> about motorcycles? <laughs> I wouldn't have picked Alicia Neff, but no. that was... Mm -hmm. To your point, though, it, it's it's the difference between an interview and a conversation. Mm -hmm. Like we call them interviews; that's what they're tagged as, whatever. Yeah. But but the, it's it's a conversation. We're not just trying to like like you mentioned, ask them the same question they've already said ten times. It's like no, no, no. We want to actually talk to you about your life a little bit mm -hmm. and and the things that happened before you got into the business and all that stuff. Yeah. And, and with her, it was like, yeah, we, we got to hear all kinds of life stories and stuff that, 
frankly, I, I just think fans kind of forget about it. It's like, mm-hmm. like, yeah, this is a person. People have to tell stories. It's how we bond with each other. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. And, and I think like, even like that motorcycle conversation, the fact that, that spawned off of, I think she said like one of the worst movies she's ever made or seen. <laughs> <laughs> the fact that we could we could take something and something that she's not particularly proud of in her career and we and it, it turned into something fun um and that we found more things to bond over like obviously like the love for star trek was there um and then on top of that the fact that you have the two of us who have the you know journalism college experience and then she actually has legitimate, amazing, incredible journalism experience. And the fact that we got to talk about that with her and figure out more about how, well, she may have gotten her start acting. It was definitely journalism that was, was able to make it so she could retire (laughs) and she didn't have to worry about, about finances anymore. Yeah. Her, Mm -hmm. her career in investigative journalism, I mean, it was, she's one of the best at getting info. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I felt like I could learn from her all day about this stuff and I, I really do hope people go back and listen to that one because mm-hmm. it's it's a really fun, in-depth, and like layered conversation. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot going on there, and we 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 did want to be responsible about a lot of it too because mm-hmm. we don't put we don't put content warnings on this stuff, you know. Um, it, it just it just is is what it is. Like we we don't yeah. mm-hmm. necessarily want to wallop you with the topics, but we do want to make sure that you know, like we're going to get into things that yeah you may not be expecting. Mm-hmm. And also just the fact that she is just such an awesome human being, the fact that she's got her her charity, her drive-by do-gooders, that she's just also very passionate about and making sure that she's doing what she can to help those who are in a very, very unfortunate place. Because she talked about how like the, the homeless population in California is staggering and just more yeah. needs to be done to help them out. And she's doing everything that she can uh, to do so is just, you know, phenomenal to hear that that's what she's she's doing with her time now so yeah Lisa neff incredibly involved with skid row in los angeles and, and the communities that live there and we really recommend you check it out everything she's doing because she has a new story up almost every day about mm-hmm. people she's helping and and just hats off to her for what she's done and we donated a tent to the cause as well because people need to live in, in some kind of shelter out there and a tent's mm-hmm. going to help a lot so yeah uh, mm-hmm. I, actually, I, I should ask her uh, who she gave it to. It'd be cool to see where it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but, on top of that, it was not like a oddly sponsored tent. Like, it's not like our logo was slapped no, on it or something no, weird. No, <laughs> like, no, you, nothing like can that. Can you imagine how horrible that would have been? <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, here's, uh, your, here's your tent provided by Digital uh, Dissection. Digital These thirsty no. guys that just need you to know who donated yep. this. No, oh, yeah, God, that would that be would, awful. That would, <laughs> that, that, yeah, that, that'd be mm-hmm. terrible. Nope, nope. It was, it was just a tent that was purchased from Amazon and sent directly to her. Well, no, mm-hmm. I think she actually makes the tents. Oh, does she uh, make them? Okay. The, the, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah so just you donate so much money, and then she was able to do something with it. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. She actually creates them, which is just phenomenal. So I'm, I, my hats off to her, man. She's busting mm-hmm. ass taking care of folks out there. But speaking of hardworking people, Joe, mm-hmm. the blue man in the tube, Mr. David J. Fielding's uh, on himself. Mm-hmm. I still can't believe we had a chance to talk to him. Uh, not just about mm-hmm. Power Rangers, but about yeah. his his journey as a military brat, which mm-hmm. I really bonded with, obviously, since I am one of those people. But then just to hear about how he looks at like this fight between good and evil that we're kind of living every day, mm-hmm. and how he tries to 
speak to us through his novels in that capacity. And to me, that was one of those interviews once again, where I, I, I had no idea where that was going to end up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just, it was unique as hell. And, and hearing that from him was, uh, was, it took me back because when he mentioned how he wanted Zordon to be this, almost like this, uh, Zeus type figure, you know, like talking down from the clouds type of thing. I don't know how I didn't see that <laughs> my, my entire life. I mean, because mm-hmm. it makes sense. Oh, completely. I, I went back and, yeah, I went back and watched it with my kid. Mm-hmm. I'm like, how did I not notice this? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like no. 30 years. Well, I mean, I think oh, 30 years. Like, I mean, granted, like, there is definitely a gap in my Power Ranger watching. Um, like, I actually, I feel really bad because I almost feel like, um, I don't know, I... Like a side side story here. Like I went to C two E two in Chicago this year. One of my cos cosplays I did was was the original Green Ranger. You can see part of it hanging out back there in the background. And I think it was one of the one of the actors, I think from like Lost Galaxy or one of the later seasons, was like, Hey, I'm a Power Ranger, I'm over here and I'm like I don't know you. I'm really sorry. I know that I'm dressed up and it would appear that I would I've been a like a lifelong fan and to be completely honest, as soon as Tommy left, that's when I left. And so oh, man. he's, he's, I, I felt bad. Like you're from an, you're from an area where I definitely stopped watching and, and it was, it was hard not to, I mean, it gets to a point where like everyone, all of your friends kind of move on and you go from like liking like comic books and like power Rangers. And then your friends like, no, 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 we just like football and sports. And like, those are cool. But so are comic books and Power Rangers, but I'm not going to talk to you about those anymore. And I just, I stayed with it as long as I could. So unfortunately I am, I do apologize again publicly uh, and as loudly as I can to the, the actor who I, I awkwardly walked away from at a convention. But to that point, like when you're young and you're watching Power Rangers, like you're caught up in everything. You're swept up in this cool looking command center. The fact that there are brightly colored primary costume, primary colored costumes made out of spandex that have sweet like dinosaur shapes for, for heads. And you've got, you know, teenagers who are older than you. So you look up to them because they're not adults. So they're not stuffy and lame. Uh, and they're, you know, bigger than you. So that helps. And, and then they've got giant, like, you know, robot dinosaurs, like, I think that just kind of gets you so much as a kid. And sometimes you do miss um, just how much the actors are putting into it because you are caught up in just kind of the, the fantasticness of it all. So when we, when we talked uh, to David J. Fielding and he, he mentions this Zeus like presence that he has, and that's what he went for. I mean, as a kid, you probably didn't see it, but you felt it. But there's just so much other things going on that when you you don't really you don't really notice it as much as you do until you go back and watch it again as an adult. Well, when we thanked him at the end of that episode for being mm-hmm. a positive influence, not just on social media, but being a positive influence just in general and his portrayal yeah. of characters and all that. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that wasn't just something you write down and say like no no, no. this is something I believed for a very long time mm-hmm. and. I, I never had a chance to tell him of that, you know, and yeah. and that's what I'm happy we had a chance to do was mm-hmm. was tell him how much we appreciate the fact that he's he he says he's a small part of a very big thing, and I'm like, yeah, but you mm. you did that thing yeah. very well. He did. Yeah. yeah, I mean, and something that I I I wish we would have you know talked to him more about too. Again, that 
the idea of him being that very positive figure is a part of what made like Power Rangers work so well is that he was this like booming supportive figure in the lives of these teenagers. And like, that's, I think, I mean, of the many faults that the, the rebooted 2017 movie have, which had, which by the way, isn't as bad of a movie as people like to give a crap. It's literally a science fiction breakfast club. It's fun. It is what it is. But when you look at Zordon, um, crank, uh, Crankston Zordon in that movie, he, not the antithesis of a feeling Zordon, but like he is much more like, I'm stuck in this fucking wall, kids. Listen to me and do the goddamn job until yeah. like he, he obviously he grows to the movie and there's a, there's a, you know, there's a zenith point where like, oh, never mind. This guy really is on our side. But like you never had that with feeling Zordon. He was always on their side, even if they didn't trust him at first because, you know, we happen to pick teenagers with attitudes, which, looking back on it, a terrible decision in any any person's back. Why don't pick teenagers? Pick adults who know what they're doing. Like, don't do that. But Cran mm -hmm. Cranston felt like he was Zordon just for the jokes. Yeah. So mm -hmm. that's that's kind of what I thought about that. Yep. But either way, like getting the chance to sit down with him, I I really do appreciate it because not just because of the fact that we're fans of him, but the mm -hmm. what ended up happening. Obviously, near the end of the season, when we lost Jason David Frank and he passed away, and I'm not saying like it was good to connect with him just because of that reason, but it was because of the fact we got to tell that story. You know, like yeah. we got to hear his story and, and and how he rose through the show, but also how he became an author and what he did with that. Mm -hmm. And to me, that's where like I after Jason David Frank passed away, I thought about that. And I'm like, man. I never got to spend that time with like JDF being a fan of him in person, mm -hmm. you know? And so I'm thankful for the, just for the fact that we got that, that opportunity yeah. and, and the time that we did get to spend with him. So it was, mm -hmm. that was huge. <laughs> but, <laughs> so, so, okay. But something else that was also huge for, for me in particular, which my brother decided to pull the rug out from under me when we talked to a Mr. Carlos Ferro. Mm hmm. I do want to set the record straight because Nate is known to embellish just as, just as I have on certain things. Mm -hmm. And when we got to sit down with Dominic Santiago, AKA Carlos Ferro, I was not making that up. When I said I named my son after Dominic Santiago mm -hmm. was not a joke. No, it, it was not made up. It was factual. Mm -hmm. Dominic was my favorite gear and he was since day one. He was my yeah. favorite dude. I, I can definitely attest to that. And, and I would say if we could say that there's a preseason of this podcast, which is like, you know, the playing Pokemon Go until three in the morning uh, and us just talking. Uh, yeah, that had come up, I think, at least, you know, at least twice. That, um, <laughs> how your, your love for that game, especially that character and how that is, you know, the source of, you know, your son's name. It was not not at all what Nathan said. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I was for one, it was, it was a funny moment. Like I'll give him that. Yep. And Carlos even thought it was hilarious. Cause was. Carlos was like, he was like, you just told this like really heartfelt story. And like, it was, it was great. And then your brother just goes, no, that didn't happen. And I was like, <laughs> it did happen. It did. It's like, come on, dude. Seriously. <laughs> yeah. Oh. But, but from a narrative standpoint, yes, our conversations do have a narrative to them. And, and I, I know that like when I've talked to some folks about um, podcasts on Twitter, they say like, oh man, don't, 
don't script that stuff. You're going to sound so wooden and blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, you know what? It, maybe sometimes yeah. the intros can sound wooden for that, but that's because mm -hmm. they are scripted. Yeah. Like the narrative we wanted to tell with Carlos Ferro was obviously part of his creative like nature and what, what he focused on outside of just acting, mm -hmm. but also to talk about how the projects he was involved in were critical to the narratives that video games began to tell after the early 2000s. Mm -hmm. I mean, Gears of War, Assassin's Creed, even Saints Row to an extent, like like all those games, yeah. they, they play into that so much. Mm -hmm. I mean, not to mention, again, how incredibly fortunate I feel that we got to talk to two actors who came from a period of video games where motion capture and actually acting on set instead of just being in a booth and voice recording, that was new. Like those two games were like the ones that were blazing that trail. So being able to yeah. talk to them about that experience and how one actor had an absolutely phenomenal experience with his other gears and his fellow actors and how one had to really keep himself from punching people <laughs> because they were talking on set while they were going through lines and doing things. And I mean, I no no one ever said he was on the verge of punching anyone, but he was definitely very mad. Yes. <laughs> and and I could words feel that. had to be had. <laughs> mm -hmm. I could feel his anger even even for that, like afterward, you know, it's been, mm -hmm. it's been over what a decade now. And like, yep. he's, he's talking about how he's staring a hole through the producers <laughs> at Ubisoft. And I'm like, you know what, man, yeah. it tells you just how much the craft is there. Mm -hmm. You know, he takes, he takes it seriously. Noah came from a family that also his uncle was an actor. And, and so he, he's been doing this a long time mm -hmm. and, and, uh, that's how serious he took it. And I think stuff like that, like things like that from Noah, I think help reinforce the industry because as you mentioned, people weren't really doing this a whole lot yet. Mm -hmm. Studios probably didn't even know they were like critically screwing up the artistic process. Yeah. You know? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so, yeah. and, and to your point too, about Carlos, he mentioned how after they delivered the gears of war scene, gears of war two, like after they got through that, him and, and John, when they were doing that scene together, John DiMaggio, mm -hmm. he said they had to like take a some time off because of how emotionally draining it was to film those scenes. Yeah. Like on top of one, just like obviously because of the content and what was going on in the script and what was going on in the story, but like to kind of help them, like if you haven't seen like anything on YouTube with uh, the motion capture of Gears of War, you should definitely check that out. Because like these guys are like they actually put on like football pads and like put some weight on them, so that way yeah. they can you know obviously like there's a difference between like if you look at the characters and they're in like you know a hundred pounds of armor, like there's a difference between like having that weight with you and sprinting a certain period, you know, to avoid certain death versus like you know just kind of jogging from part of the stage to the next. Uh, so they wanted to add that bit of you know realism to it in any way that they could. So like the amount of toll that put on them both mentally and physically, you know, it was, it was a lot for a video game. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, completely get why they, they'd have to step back for a little bit. It's hard for people to experience it as a gamer, let alone as, as the people who are trying to emotionally reason out, like mm -hmm. your, your wife is dying in front of you and you have to make a choice. Yeah. Spoiler <laughs> alert, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I don't want to bunch these people together, and and, and uh, there's, there's no disrespect here, but I want to I want to specifically tell a story about how there's four people that were 
very critical to gaming experiences for myself and my brother. And then coincidentally, Joe, you as well. You just didn't know it yet. <laughs> but, <laughs> but there's there's Al Lowe, the Leisure Suit Larry creator. There's Noah Falstein, who was one of the original LucasArts employees and did Indiana Jones, Fate of Atlantis, and the adaptation of Last Crusade. Mm -hmm. Then we have Dominic Armado, Guybrush Threepwood himself, and then Gavin Hammond, my favorite man of, from Florida, <laughs> who played Kenny in the Walking Dead series. <laughs> Those four people we reached out to independent of each other. Never once mentioned like a uniting narrative between mm -hmm. point-and-click games, uh, 90s, you know, LucasArts and Sierra Online games. And it's, it just ended up that we ended up covering this like really mm -hmm. crucial part of, of PC gaming from like the mid nineties. And then what it evolved into. Into Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I would love to say it was meticulously planned. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was, it was definitely like the equivalent of like opening a cupboard to get one thing. But then, like, four pots and pans fell out, and we caught all of them. Like, you know what? We could make a meal with this. <laughs> this is what we need. We could, yeah, we could use all of this. And that's kind of how it came about. Well, I mean, it's, mm -hmm. it's, it's, it, there is a little bit of, a, of an effect here that is fairly season one-ish with planning it out. Mm -hmm. Because we actually talked to Al Lowe as one of our first guests for season two, which is why we're kind of talking about Christmas 2021 when we first chatted with them because it was mm -hmm. true that's when we that's when we recorded yeah. it but there was no actual like plan to to have all those folks featured you know fairly close together mm -hmm. but once we started planning out how we were going to put those conversations out there it's like this makes sense this makes a ton of sense yeah. like the because like gavin and and uh dominic armado and obviously noah falstein they're all kind of connected from mm -hmm like LucasArts into what LucasArts would become one day with folks leaving and forming Telltale Games. And so it was it was really fun to to meet all those folks mm -hmm. and then also realize they're just as nerdy as we are. Oh yeah. And I mean, I always wish that there was also some other weird like hidden food connection among all those guests because <laughs> the fact that we have learned the secret to finding the best legitimate Chinese food in any town you go to from down oh, yes. I mean, it's a life lesson. I'll never forget. If you haven't, if you haven't listened to that episode yet, mm -hmm. Dominic gives a very important, uh, thing to look for when you're looking at like Chinese restaurants, always look for the ones on like Yelp that are rated like three out of five. Mm -hmm. It is a telltale sign that they're probably more traditional in the food that they make, not high on customer service. Yes. So by, by customer service, it does not mean that they're like, you know, fuck off. Like, we don't want you in our restaurant. It is much, it's much more the fact that, you know, the Chinese food that we get here in the United States at most Chinese restaurants is very much catered to our palate. And it is them yeah. making food that they think we'll like, as opposed to making actual food that would be served in China. So yeah. with me, like, who lived in China for a short period of time and, you know, coming like going there and being like, you know, an idiot college student being like, Oh my gosh, the food here is so incredibly different than what I'd expected because I was an idiot and it was totally expecting like Chinese food I'd get from a buffet in China. And that's not the, like, not the thing at all. It's actually much better in China than it is what we get here. Um, but 
yeah, the fact that that's now something I can do. Like, if I want that, you know, taste of 2010 that I had when I was in China, I can actually do that if I know what to look for. And that is three out of five stars because these people are making food that they know how to make and they like making that isn't necessarily the food that everyone wants to eat. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I, I trust that now because mm-hmm. I, I mean, I've seen it before. I've seen that there's, uh, there's a, a restaurant I really love that is, is based on traditional Korean food. And if you had just gone by the Yelp rating, mm-hmm. you would go, I, I think I'll, if you want to like comb through the 4.8s and the fives, you know, it's like, mm-hmm. you, you might, you might miss that. Yeah. And after he reinforced that belief, I'm like, you know what? I, I'm I'm going to permanently add that to to long term mm-hmm. long term memory. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it's true. The exact opposite of flaming hot Cheetos recipes. Oh um, God, for yes. Dominic Armato. <laughs> for Dominic, eating all those flaming hots. Oh yes, <sighs> going. I, I I like how like I think that has to go for anyone who just reviews food at a state fair. It's like, all right, how much of my intestine am I going to lose this year? based off yeah. of what's there for me because it's going to be some sort of snack food or trend that's been deep fried nine times over and prepared 20 different ways that I get to try and have. So, yeah. yep. Yeah. Flaming hot you Cheetos. Know, <laughs> I, there's not a good way to transition to this one Mm-mm. other than stating the fact that in season one and season two, there were scheduling conflicts that led to a one-on-one conversation. <laughs> and, and in season one, I ended up talking to Lou Temple from Walking Dead fame because everyone had a scheduling conflict except for myself and Lou. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, Lou, I know you're working your ass off. We're going to do this now because I do not want to have to miss the opportunity. And that same thing happened this year or this season with Dan Hernandez, who one of my favorite writers, the guy is, is hilarious on Twitter. And that was not an opportunity that we were going to miss. Mm-hmm. You know, like it, no. and it's, it's, it's my fault, you know, using time zones and these schedulers, you know, you look at it, you think you've done it right. And then someone goes, Hey, I'm at noon, noon. Pacific time, Should. not central. Crap. <laughs> Definitely. Like, yeah. I mean, it all's well that ends well. Like, um, both those interviews turned out great. Um, it was, you know, just two dudes having a great time is what they were. And yeah. it was, I think again, like. Obviously, like I was not there, um, but I got to edit them, and I enjoyed listening to them as I did that. It's like you were there. You know? I, was, I was there spiritually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel bad for you in that regard. <laughs> you know, that's got to be awkward, but mm-hmm. it, it, it was really fun to connect with him because, as I mentioned in in the conversation, him and I have been communicating back and forth on Twitter, and I'm not saying I've been able to follow like his entire career, but like I've definitely been paying attention. I've, I've watched almost everything he's written mm-hmm. and the fact that he's going to have an incredible 2023, like they're li- like the koala man show that they literally got Hugh Jackman for oh. it, it. It's like, it's on Hulu. I think in the next like day or two, it might already be out actually. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I just, him and his, uh, writing partner, Benji Smith, those, those guys are just freaking incredible. They're, mm-hmm. they're hilarious. They're creative. And, you can tell their projects, man. There, there's a there's a feel to them that I think it's humor that other people don't try. Like it's and, and I don't think there's a word invented for how unique it is. <laughs> but <laughs> but I, I really mm-hmm. do appreciate getting a chance to connect with um, a screenwriter because we talked about this a little bit in our actually our episode before this where 
we've talked to actors, you know, we've, we've talked to people who've been involved with various, uh, sides of the, the stuff, the camera sees, right. Mm-hmm. But we don't get to talk with people behind the camera, you know, who are, who are doing that kind of stuff. And, and so it's, it's really fun to flesh that out and, and get into the minds of these people. Yeah. I, I also appreciated his, his process of picking Pokemon for Detective Pikachu and how it was a mix of what he thought the, the fans would enjoy who are playing the current generation, the fans of the original generation as well as him. And that's how, and that's how and why Psyduck had to be in that movie in some prominence, uh, because he just really liked Psyduck and who can blame him? Psyduck is this, this, this dorky fun. Um, yeah. yeah, great Pokemon. But speaking of things that are, you know, being tried out new or for the first time, something that we did this this year is put out a mini series that was new and it was new one just because we we didn't do it at all last year um in season one we had side stitches which was just like hey there's more we want to talk about in this week's episode but you know we didn't want to be sitting there for two hours so we're just gonna have a second episode that's shorter and covers those things too and we thought you know what we're done with those we, we think we think you're done with them um not really feeling them ourselves anymore. Let's try something new. And that's where pop culture legends got started. And it was new in the fact that it had nothing to do with what was also being done that week. It was not like an attachment or a a sequel to to an episode that was already there. It was stuff that we thought was cool that didn't quite necessarily fit what we normally talk about. Wasn't necessarily nostalgia stuff, although a lot of it did take place in the past. All yeah. of it took place in the past. There's nothing modern about them, but <laughs> um, but also they were 100% scripted. So this was us producing content that was completely different than what we're normally doing for you. So looking back at how those went and how those changed. Um, I think this is something that I, I look forward to bringing back and doing again in some capacity because it does kind of like spice up the way we, we deliver content. It's not so not necessarily, you know, the, the, you know, the outlined off the cuff stuff. And I think it's just an opportunity to specifically learn about something as opposed to, two guys talking about their experience with it. Which you might learn something from that. Yes. Right? Like, 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 you and I re- <laughs> like we remember <laughs> a lot of stuff that just kind of comes through in the conversation, mm-hmm. but I agree with you completely that pop culture legends falls into that space where imagine if the history channel was told to you by someone, you know, and it isn't just about aliens. Like that's yes. <laughs> isn't just <laughs> artists. Cause we had one episode that did talk about aliens, video game <laughs> aliens. But they were yeah. there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Video game aliens. But to your point, like, I, I know this was a tough project. Like, mm-hmm. I, I critically appreciate all the effort that went into it. It's mm-hmm. so much different than what we do on, on the off-the-cuff stuff. And I, I feel like you and I kind of leveled up in a way, like, yeah. cre- creatively, mic presence-wise. Like, we mm-hmm. we went through something making that. And... Uh, it seems like people enjoyed it because on, on like YouTube, for example, this series, I just never quite knew what was going to happen mm-hmm. from like a response standpoint. And, <laughs> and, and there's like four episodes out of that mini series that ended up popping into our most viewed stuff. 
And so it was like, okay, so either the topic selection was really good mm-hmm. or the presentation was really good or whatever, right? Well, like both. Mm-hmm. Well, there, there was something that worked there. I'll put yeah. it that way. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, mm-hmm. but it was, yeah, that, that's, that's how I've summed it up to other people though. It's like, imagine if you were basically told something on the history channel, but it was someone mm-hmm. from your generation and you're reliving that together. Like that's, that's what pop culture legends became. Yep. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, I mean, fun. I think, I think a good way to, to wrap this, this episode up and wrap up the season is go over, like, I think go over a few standouts that we had this season. Uh, so whether it was a pop culture legend, uh, Mark that stood out to you or a regular episode that stood out to you, or maybe one of each, whatever you want to do. Let's, let, let's think of like an episode that really, really hung with you either while we were making it or, you know, to this day, you know, months afterwards, or who knows, maybe the last one you did because it was the last one we did is the one that sticks out the most because that's a thing. So I'm going to do two things. There's two things mm-hmm. that I want to point out. One of them was Doctor Who series one talking about the ninth doctor. I'm not saying that Joe and I have like fallen off or like we were having issues with our morale or anything, but, but mental health wise this year has been incredibly taxing on the both of us. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not going to try to get into that whole thing, but there's a lot that happened to us. The Doctor Who series one, that episode felt like healing to me. It felt like healing to me, mm-hmm. Joe, because we, we laughed just like we did the first time we ever recorded something. Yep. We were, we were throwing out accents left and right. <laughs> we were, we were like <laughs> belly laughing. And, and I mean, my face hurt after we recorded that one. Mm-hmm. Like I, I had that much fun with it. So that was a major standout for me just because of that. Yeah. Like I remember putting, I remember hanging mm-hmm. up the headphones and I'm like, that episode made me feel like how I usually do once we've interviewed someone. Mm-hmm. Like it, it was just that, it was that great. Yeah. <laughs> um, which I did just realize we forgot to mention Ellen McLean. Also one of my favorite mm-hmm. fucking interviews this year. voice of glados nicest fucking lady i've ever met in my life i mean she told the story about how like a big name actor like took her out to dinner with you know other people of her age at the time because she was she was a child and it was like a like a hey these children are production i'm gonna do a nice thing take them out to dinner and then one of the children does in fact set the table on fire (laughs) uh (laughs) just great great story yeah, oh I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of upset we forgot to mention that, but, um, so that, so that's, that's part one, right? Mm-hmm. Doctor yeah. Who just fucking slayed it for me. The mm-hmm. other thing though, that I'm quite proud of is that this season, I saw some things happen with episodes that had absolutely no special gets attached to them mm-hmm. and there became our most listened to content. Which which ended up being Van Helsing, the the Guild, mm-hmm. and then Superman Battle Royale, which compares the three cinematic Superman. Which sadly, on a sad note, we'll have to like make another one when the fourth one eventually gets out here. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Henry Cavill. Oh my god. Like the whole like one of the things that, you know, we talked to with Carlos was how he was afterwards, after the recording was done, how he was labeled the most, like, the unluckiest man in Hollywood. And it's like, well, here you go. <laughs> he literally 
quits a job on Netflix because he's told he's getting Superman again. And, like, it's definitely happening. Go ahead. Put on your social media. Have a good time. We're excited to do this. And then one fucking month later. So about being Superman. Yeah. Not happening anymore. But luckily, I mean, he's got, luckily, like, yeah, it's Henry Cavill has... That has not too much to worry about um, financially. But yeah, he gets Warhammer 40k now, which I'm sure he's going to really love doing. Because, you know, <laughs> weird, weird just guess that he would enjoy Warhammer 40k. But yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, that was that was completely, I did not mm-hmm. see that happening. Like that that took me completely off guard to to see those episodes just kind of fire off like that. It It obviously reinforces the fact that Clearly, our generation found those because mm-hmm. Van Helsing is like part of that early two thousands, you know, mix mm-hmm. up of films that were just crazy enough to work. Yep, or not work, depending on your opinion. Yep. <laughs> um, the Guild literally helped start this like nerd firestorm that mm-hmm. still burns today. And then, who doesn't love Superman? So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Fun times. Oh my gosh! Mm-hmm. <laughs> but what about you? What about you? Let's 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 hear some Joe moments. Mm-hmm. Uh, part one, part two. Um, definitely have to say um, one that made me feel quite a bit like the most we we talked about already. And I have to say that again, my my picks do not involve um, any of our special guests, just because I think the special guests are in their own category. We we've been gushing about our. Um, our opportunities we've had with the guests on the show and how fortunate we feel we've had time with them. And I think this is, this is in its own category right now. So I would have to say that one that really sticks out to me because of the overall mood that it had for us while we were there, kind of like how you talked about how, you know, we, we've been struggling with, with mental health for our own reasons this year. I even know, like I started seeing a therapist then match with a therapist on Bumble. That was very weird. <laughs> um, but uh, because we had this kind of emotional coaster we going through with our own lives, that's what made the, the Jason David Frank Green Earth Evil episode really stick out with me, is because it was one where it wasn't even on the radar. We weren't going to touch... After we had um, David J. Fielding on, there was no plan to do Power Rangers again this season. Mm-hmm. And then... Uh, we were actually sated and kind of ready to go with Mythbusters, which ended up becoming the last content episode of the season. Uh, that was going to be our episode, um, but after um, we heard the news that Jason David Frank had passed away, we we felt like this is just something that we needed. Um, not not something that was like, hey, we just need to like push content out there because this is what's going on right now. But it was like, you know what? This is how he was introduced to us when we were younger. And if it is something that you haven't seen yet, um, I think this is how you should be introduced to him too, because it was part of like the best of that series. And to this, to this day, it's, it's the longest like sequential Power Ranger like episode arc um, ever. It is again, in my, in my opinion, like the most like nerve wracking five episodes to watch because he just comes in and just gives the other Rangers, gives gives them the business five episodes straight, like amazingly. Um, So that happens. And we talked about like, again, how much he really acted for this time, because he basically played three different characters for five episodes of regular Tommy, 
the evil Green Ranger and evil Tommy and how each yeah. one of them were different from each other. So if you hadn't seen it yet, we wanted you to experience that. And if you had, like like we did, watched it when you were younger, we felt it was probably something that you needed to feel again in that moment. So we wanted to have that with you or help you re-experience that. And also, like, the fact that we started off on a pretty somber note, of course, with talking about, like, his pa- about Jason David Frank's passing. But then, you know, it eventually leads to the discussion of the Dragon Zord and his missile fingers <laughs> and how Mark brings up that it's the one of those moments where it's like, oh, no, you better call an ambulance, but not for me. <laughs> it, was, it was probably one of the best laughs that I've had all season, not just because of how much I laughed, because of how much I needed the laugh in that moment. And it was uh, yes. just incredible. Yes. Mm-hmm. yes. I, that So... I was actually uh, given some feedback from someone who listened to that episode that said I needed this because I, I was just as heartbroken as you guys were. And they told me that I laughed at this episode. I cried at this episode and it was, it was what I needed. And, mm-hmm. and when I heard that, I'm like, we didn't slap it together, but we didn't plan for it. You know, like we, but, but the, the effort was still there. The fun was still there, mm-hmm. but we clearly had to address things that were difficult. Yeah. And, and when, when people tell you that kind of stuff, you're like, wow, I, this is why I'm doing this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this. This is why I'm doing this. And then, yeah. and so, yeah, absolutely. And it's just because of how much, like, again, that, that actor meant for me in that role, because like I mentioned before, like, I came and left Power Rangers because of him. Like, obviously, yeah. I, I, I watched it when it first premiered because it was new, it was awesome, it was great, and then he came on and it was even better, and then he left and I was done with the show, and then 2004 hits, and my brother, like, gives me a call at, like, four in the morning saying, you're never going to believe it, but Tommy's back on Power Rangers. <laughs> and so, in secret, I started watching Dino Thunder again So because I couldn't tell my friends. But, um, but yeah, so then, like, it, like he he kept me there and he brought me back because of just the incredible job he did with his character and the passion he had for that role. So that is, that is an episode that's always going to stand out for me. And one that I'll always, always be proud of that we put together and we made, um, yeah. part two for me would probably be, uh, the last two pop culture legends that we did. And it's solely because of like, um, well, part of what you probably don't know of the behind-the-scenes stuff of the show is Mark primarily takes care of the pre-production. We then take care of the production together, and then I take care of the post-production. Uh, and then Mark also does the marketing because that is also what Mark is very good at. If there is any, if there is any way that we could have a teaching portion of this, I would do that because that's what I do. But that's not there. So we we work the, we work the podcast the way we do. But um, Mark, if you if you have not realized yet, and hopefully you have, um, has been doing a lot of editing himself. So he's been doing uh, basically all the shorts that are put out and put onto our social media. That's all Mark, 100%. Um, it is something that he's been trying to get better at. It is something uh, that I have never attempted and have never tried. I'll probably try sometime here in season three. But he's been doing a lot of that. So when we put out the last uh, the Pop Culture Legend on... Oh, oh national treasure national treasure there we go yeah um i did what i normally did and you would have gotten what you normally would have gotten but mark took it and added a little extra to it and 
produce snippets in here. And he's like, hey, I didn't change. I, I didn't take anything out that you did. I left it all in there because it was all great. But I just added these little things. Let me know what you think. And I looked at it and like, I should have done that. Like that, 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 not like a, uh, not like a, uh, Mark doesn't deserve credit for it because he absolutely does. It is like, I think I should have probably done that in the first place. I think I'm getting too complacent and I'm getting too, too like repetitive and machine like with the way I'm editing and doing the pop culture legends, which I shouldn't because it is something new. It is something that should change. It's something that should get better each time we do it. And because of that, I put a lot more into our, um, the mummy curse of King Tut's tomb episode. And Killed it, man. I, killed I just, it on that. I appreciate that. <laughs> you killed it, I, dude. I, thanks. I, it's just it means a lot because like that is something that I did put a lot of time into. And when you when you think of time, like this this podcast really does help you or help me understand like just how much effort goes into producing these things when when you really care about them. Because like regular episodes, you know, they're like an hour and 20 minutes and yeah. I'm editing them for two plus hours, getting them down to things. And that, that pop culture legend, it was 12 minutes. Uh, I think it was 11 minutes and 50 seconds uh, or 11 minutes, 49 seconds. I edited that from like 1030 at night until about two in the morning with me I just it. getting it down and doing things. So I, I did everything I could uh, to make it better. And I'm going to do everything I can to make the next one even better than that. So, um, those are the two things that I think I'm going to have uh, with me forever. Is just the, the the heartfeltness of one episode and the uh, the pop culture legends being something new and me being pushed a little bit, whether you whether you meant to or not. <laughs> well, <laughs> this was a progression, right? I mean, this is kind of how uh, season one for us was a progression too. Like we were we were learning a lot about ourselves in the beginning mm -hmm. and and just trying to get stuff out there. But then partway through that, we realized, okay we're actually telling history about our generation and like mm -hmm. it, it kind of became this like, okay, that's actually what's going on here. Cause we're not, we're not a news podcast. We're not covering no. news stuff. Although JDF was probably the closest to that we ever mm -hmm. did, but then we realized, okay, this is what, this is the niche we want. This is the area that we want to focus on. We're going to live here now. And we had a lot of fun living there this entire season. And, then you throw in pop culture legends, which does something similar, but it, it stretches further. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I, I like that progression. It was fun. And yeah. I feel like yep. we're like you said we're breaking up with season two now. <laughs> yeah, that's why it was so hard to start the conversation today. <laughs> Didn't know what to say. It's it's not you. It's us. We're we're yeah. just done for right now. <laughs> yeah, is it hot in here? So who? <clears throat> Man, I know I have, a, I have a sweatshirt on and all, but now it still feels really warm. Um, <laughs> so this is normally where you would get a very, um, you know, structured and scripted ending, but I don't think we have that up in front of us. So at this point, we are going to close it out by saying thank you so much, um, everyone, for everything you do and how you continue to choose to listen to us every week because there are, believe it or not, a lot of podcasts out there. So you being uh, kind enough to pick an hour and a half of your week or more here listening to our pop, uh, pop culture legends too really does mean a lot to us. And the fact that I, we've been starting to see you share our content more really means a lot. And thank you to everyone who has written a review, who has commented on our stuff, um, whether you have liked it or have been like, Hey, you know what guys, 
maybe tell us how you get through this in A Link to the Past as opposed to just teasing it and how to get to this room. We appreciate all of that or someone pointing out that it was not in fact um, Hound that got killed first in Transformers movie and it was Brawl. I'm sorry, they were both Jeeps. I, uh, I, got, I got cocky. So thank you again. I mean, it just shows that you're listening and you're caring and you're, you're doing something. You're interacting with us, and we appreciate that 100%. So continue to leave um, comments and follow us on your social media of choice. Um, give us an email at digitaldissectionpodcast at gmail.com because we do check that. We do get back to you if you send those out. So, you know, until next season, keep on dissecting. <laughs>